0: Say welcome one more time to everybody watching online. So glad you're part of our experience today. I know many of you are traveling, it's spring break. But we're glad that you're part through the internet. Uh, Go ahead and grab your outline for today's message. It's in your worship guide. So some of you are note takers. You love that thing. Some of you are not. That's totally cool. If you're not a note taker, that's fine. Just go ahead and take some notes today anyway because it'll be good for you. Uh, If you're a digital note taker, download the church app for Cultivate Church. All the notes are on there. You can take notes. Keep them. uh, Keep up to date with all the stuff going on. Watch church online if you miss. The church app is a great resource. But while you get that together, I do want to say I'm excited about the next few weeks, everything coming up. Uh, I am honored that we're all together. I know it is spring break, many of you have got plans this week, you're doing things, but even if you're working all week, you're going to be in town, do something fun, come on, it's spring break, Uh, we're going to do a little camping this week as a family and um, my six-year-old yesterday, it was a pretty day, right, and so he's at home and he's playing video games and I said, hey bud, I said, you need to maybe go outside, get out of the house, it's pretty outside and uh, he looked at me and I couldn't argue because he had really good uh, theory, he said, dad, here's how this is going to work and I went, okay, wait a second. He said, we're going to be camping this week, Dad, and so we're going to be gone, and there's no video games, so I'll play outside this week, but today while we're home, video games. I said, well, that's some good logic. I can't really argue with that, so he had his week figured out, so uh, over the next couple of uh, days, I pray that as you fill out your calendar and all the stuff going on, next Sunday, we're going to gather here at 12, and we're going to stuff thousands of candy-filled Easter eggs, getting ready for the helicopter egg drop, Uh, we'll serve lunch that. Day, we'll have food for everybody at 12 o'clock here at this campus. It's a lot of fun because here's what I love: I love knowing that when we drop all of these eggs from this helicopter uh, on Easter weekend, that we hand stuffed everyone just caring for all the kids and every person who gets one of those eggs. We've we've personally packed those for all those kids. I just think that's a lot of fun. So I invite you to be a part of that. And then Easter weekend, everybody, come on, it's gonna be amazing. Look, eight out of ten people. Come on, okay, we're gonna do it. Let's do it, do it. Let's do it. okay. There we go. Yeah. Eight out of ten people will still say yes to church if you only invite. It's a a statistic that still stands. I was in Columbiana at at our campus a couple of weeks ago, and I met this guy in the lobby. Uh, He walked in. I said, hey, man, I said it's good to meet you. I said, how long have you been hanging out at Cultivate? And He said, well, today's actually my first day. And I said, well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. How did you find the church? And he said, well, I told the Lord six months ago that the first person to invite me to church, wherever that may be, I'm going. Now, that's rolling the dice right there, baby. I mean, yeah, because it ain't all the same. And uh, so he said, he said, I told him I was going. And so a couple in our church uh, invited him to church. And he said, yes. And they were like amazed. They said, we couldn't believe it. He said, yes, so fast. And he said, um, he, said I, he knew they were like, they live, you know, several houses down. He said, I'll be in your driveway at this time, and I will follow you to the church. And he's been there every Sunday ever since. Come on, isn't that awesome? Come on, just an invitation. Just an invitation. And so we're in the south. There are hundreds of ladies all across Shelby County looking for a reason to buy an Easter outfit, and we just gave them one for Easter Sunday morning, all right? So we're going to take every advantage we've got. Friday night, Good Friday worship at both of our campuses. Saturday, the helicopter egg drop is going to return. We're going to serve hundreds and thousands of people across Shelby County. Literally, it's going to be a great day. And then one key thing to know about Easter Sunday here at the Alabaster campus is that we've Added an 11.30 worship experience. So I'm asking all of us to spread out a little bit, 9 a.m., 10.15, and 11.30, so we can invite, 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 and fill this place up. Because as we fill this up and people meet Jesus, you know what happens next? Eternity grows and gets bigger, and that's what it's all about, all right? So let's take advantage of that coming in. Uh, But today we're concluding our series, The Smell of Smoke. If you haven't been here or if you've missed it, the best way I can sum it up for you is our key verse. We've read this every week. This is the heart of this series, Jude 1. It's at the top of your outline, and here's what it says. Rescue others, underline that word rescue. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution. Hating the sins that contaminate their lives. In this book, it's a one chapter book in the Bible. It's the second to last book in the Bible. It's before the book of Revelation. Uh, Jude is the writer. He's the brother of Jesus. And as he's written this, uh, he writes in the very beginning Hey, everybody who follows and loves Jesus, I wish we could sit around and talk about our salvation. I wish we could talk about the joys of following Jesus. I wish we could have a potluck and bring a covered dish and everybody sit around and just have a good time together. But instead, He said, I feel the responsibility to urge us to fight or to contend, to stand for our faith. Because there are things coming into our faith, there are things coming into the lives of believers, people who say they follow Jesus, that are not true. They're false. They're being twisted. The truth is being turned and rewritten. And I'm afraid that we need to get back on track. So Jude is telling us who follow Jesus, who are committed to Jesus, he's reminding us of the responsibility that we have. As a matter of fact, Jesus told us that we, after meeting him, saying yes to Jesus, being forgiven of our sin, are in return then to go and to take that same message, that same experience to other people who are around us. It's called the Great Commission. Jude is simply re-encouraging us, He's remotivating us to do this exact same thing. So, all month, what we've been learning is how and why that we're to do that. That's why we're still on this planet. That's the reason that Jesus doesn't beam us up, you know, like a Star Trek moment as soon as we say yes to Jesus. So, in week one, we talked about what Jude tells us and to go and do it and why. In week two, uh, we talked about what happens when you take God out of culture, God out of our families, God out of everything around us. That's what Jude was telling us and warning us about. And we see that in our culture today. We're trying to remove God and the things of God from as much as possible. And just watch the news, get on social media. You'll see we're not doing a great job in our world simply moving God from the presence of everything around us. Last week, we talked about why we do this. Because of eternity, we learned that heaven is waiting and hell is waiting. It's real, everybody. At the end of this life, when we breathe our last breath here, we'll take our first breath into eternity. It's not that this stops. Everybody who we know who have gone before us, their life didn't stop. It just ended in this moment and it began in the next because the Bible teaches us about eternity. And if we're following Jesus, if we're doing what we're called to do as believers, not just thinking that everything's about me and God making my life perfect, But God using me to take the gospel of Jesus to somebody else, then I recognize that eternity is weighing in the balance. Today, I want to look at just three things, three questions for us to ask ourselves to know if we're doing this or not. As believers, are we actually doing what Jesus has called us to do? I titled your message today, Into the Flames. I want to learn what it looks like to go into the flames to put ourselves in the midst of the danger, to be able to get so close to the flames, the smell of smoke. If you've ever been to a bonfire or a Winnie Roast or something like that and then get in your car, you ever notice that like you look around at everybody in the car and you go, you smell horrible. Like you stink. And then the worst part is then you go, oh, I stink. Like you recognize you were so close to it that you're carrying it with you. That's what Jude is saying, that we've got to go into the flames, get so close to the danger that we're snatching people, rescuing people from eternity, from separation from a relationship with God. i never forget when I was 13 years old. Our church, a bunch of us from church, uh, was with some older guys, you know, some 17, 18-year-old guys and some girls. And we'd been bowling or something. And we were returning home. It was about 1130 at night. And I'll never forget we were on this two-lane highway. And as we were traveling back, we saw, like, through the woods, like, this glowing that was happening through the woods. It was like, what is that? And then we noticed smoke was billowing above the trees. So we said, something is on fire. So we turned off the main road onto the side road and we see a house that is engulfed in flames. Now, I was 13 at the time, so there was no like grab your cell phone and 911. You know, it was either like smoke signals or pigeons, SOS, like that's all you had. (laughs) Or you had to know where a payphone was. But this house was engulfed in flames. There was no time to get to a payphone. And I'll never forget standing there about 13 years old, just feeling so paralyzed about What in the world is happening? You ever had something dangerous happen and it just puts you in shock and you can't even move? And I'll never forget one of the guys that was with us. He was about 17 or 18 years old. He just took off running and left us and went into this house. And I'll never forget the sound of the girls. Oh, no, Eric, don't go in there. You know, it's like this damsel's in distress. No. And he just disappears into this house. And at that moment, you go... This whole night is going horribly wrong. Like, this is a wild, crazy experience. And he was gone for what felt like an eternity. And then he rushed out of the house. And we're thinking, oh, he's okay. And then the girls were like, oh, why did you do that? Why did you go? And He said, because I had to make sure that nobody was in that house. Because in that moment, there wasn't time to talk about the dangers, the risk, the what ifs. In that moment, all we knew was that that house was engulfed in flames. And as the rest of us just stood there watching, he ran into action. Here's what God's calling us to do. He's calling us to stop being believers standing and watching the house burn to the ground. And he's calling every one of us to run into the flames because there is a potential that somebody is in there. And he put us there at the right time, at the right moment, for the right opportunity to snatch others, to rescue them from the flames of judgment. So today, we're going to talk about going into the flames. And so I want to know, how do we rescue? We're going to be in John chapter 12 today. If you've got a Bible, you want to turn there. You've got a glowing Bible, you want to glow in John chapter 12. That's cool. We're going to be there today, and it's a moment where Jesus gives us this picture of a miracle and the difference that a miracle makes and there's three questions that I want to ask ourselves out of this I like to do what I call inventory of our life and that's where we ask ourselves personally we could easily talk about other people maybe your neighbor, somebody behind you like that's usually easier but when we look at ourselves personally it lets us know are we doing what God has called us to do so I want to pray over the word and then we'll dive in I'll set it up for you father I love you thank you for this day thank you for your word thank you for being with us today God, I thank you for salvation. I thank you that you loved us enough to send your son to die on the cross, to resurrect, and to forgive us of our sins. And so today, I pray that we align our lives with what you've called us to do. It's not all about us. We've all got needs. We've all got issues. We've all got problems. But it's not all about those things. It's about my life making an impact into the life of somebody else. So today, I pray that we're convicted by it. Pray that we are motivated to be more like you and to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you're in John chapter 12, uh, Jesus is at something that we all love. He's at lunch. And uh, it's right after one of my most favorite stories in the Bible. Has anybody heard of the story of, of Lazarus, where Jesus raises this guy from the dead? It's one of the coolest stories. I'll give you a little overview in case you don't know it. Uh, if you do know it, just act like it's the first time you've heard it. Wow. Okay, so you got this guy named Lazarus who is sick and he's about to die. And uh, the family is actually friends with Jesus. They know Jesus personally. And so they send word to Jesus. Lazarus is sick. He's about to die. And we need you to come because Jesus, if you'll come and you'll pray for him, we know he can be healed. He's going to be okay. And Jesus is like, sure, I'll be there. No problem. But Jesus takes a little longer to get ready and to get prepared and to travel than they anticipated. By the time Jesus rolls into town, he's like that. You know, you ever have like that relative that just strolls up late? Like everybody ought to just be praising that he's there and he's late. Well, Jesus just rolls into town. He's like, "Hey, everybody, what's up?" And they're like, well, Jesus, you're late, and Lazarus is dead. They're o- they're over. It. They're over Jesus. If you ever see somebody get an attitude with Jesus, it's at this funeral." Because not only did Jesus not make it in time to perform the miracle that they wanted, he wasn't even on time for the funeral. He rode up in the middle of the funeral. They said, hey Jesus, you're late. He's already dead. We've already sealed the tomb. As a matter of fact, one of the greatest lines in all of the Bible, and you gotta read it in King James. They said, for he already stinketh. It's one of the best lines in all the Bible. Not only is he dead, but he's stinking okay like that's dead dead so what they're saying is Jesus you missed it and Jesus is like no but you don't understand he's like he, he's gonna he's gonna rise again and they get real religious all you religious folks oh we know he'll rise again in the last day when you return Jesus he's gonna rise from the dead with he said no you don't understand I am the resurrection and the life you're not waiting on anything you're not waiting on anybody I am You think I'm late, but I'm right on time. Roll the stone away. That's like saying, get a shovel. Start digging up that grave. And they're already ticked off at Jesus. He's late. What do you mean, get a shovel, Jesus? This is so disrespectful, Jesus. What are you doing? And the Bible says that they roll away the stone, and Lazarus comes out like, what's up, everybody? And their minds are blown. And the only thing they can do after such a miracle, an experience with Jesus like that, is everything that you and I do. They go eat lunch. So they go back to the house, and we find them here in John chapter 12, eating lunch together. And because of what has just happened, it sets this story in motion that puts in perspective our role in miracles, everyday miracles Just like this. So there's three questions that I'm going to bring you out of John 12 that I think will be good for us to take inventory of our lives today. Three questions about our interactions with people, of going into the flames, of taking our story of Jesus to other people. Number one is, what do people hear? I'll bring this into context, but what do people hear? When it comes to your life, what you say or what is said about you, what is it that people here. John 12, verse 9 says, When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival. Now, Jesus is at lunch. He's in the house with Lazarus and the family. This miracle has taken place. And the Bible says that all of these people have heard about what happened. Now, the question for us is what is it that people are hearing about? Your life. When you go to work, what is it when somebody says something about you? What is it that is heard about the reputation that you have? Don't go in that cubicle. Mm -mm. It's Monday. Don't you go talk to him yet. He hadn't had 15 cups of coffee. Don't talk to him just yet, right? What is it that people hear? What comes out of our mouth? Have you ever noticed that you can go maybe to work tomorrow morning and be like, good morning? And somebody's like, they just grunt at you. Like you just cursed them and they just grunting. And you go, oh, it's early. They're not a morning person. I'll wait till later. And then at 3.30, they're still grunting the same thing. How you doing? Oh, well, if you got time? I'm going to tell you 15 things that are wrong today. I want to tell you about my wife. I want to tell you how I kicked the dog through the cat. I want to tell you about everything that's just off in my life. See, we get caught up in the everyday mundane of life. And life becomes so big that we forget that there's a purpose that's behind that life. And see, in this moment, what people were hearing was a miracle that had taken place. They heard that Lazarus had been dead, but now he has been brought back to life. Our responsibility is that what people hear come out of our mouth always lead back to something that is done about life-giving relationship with Jesus. Somebody knows, you know how to make those conversations. You, you talk to these certain people about uh, sports, right? You, if you bring up, you know, football, then you know you got a whole conversation going. Or maybe if you just bring up, you know, uh, the kids. You talk to her about the kids and she just lights up and she comes alive and wants to talk about kids. You talk about work. Like, you know these things. But I want to be somebody that, as a believer, that loves Jesus. And believe that eternity is waiting. If somebody said, well, hey, how can I start a conversation with him? I'd love for somebody to say, just talk about Jesus and watch his face light up. Because everything we hear, everything that is said, reflects something that Jesus has done. Now, that ain't got to be weird. Come on, everybody. You ain't got to be like that weirdo with your big family Bible. Go, let's talk about Jesus today. But it could be, you know what? Hey, I got a raise this week. Man, God has been good to me. I learned that when I honored God with my finances, he took care of everything else. You ought to try that, too. How's your morning? Well, you know what? I woke up today, and I don't feel too good today, but, man, I'm thankful that God gave me another day with my family. You know what? My wife's acting up a little bit, but I believe God's going to touch her, too. It's going to be all right. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, everything's in perspective. Now, we think everybody's already heard this stuff, so we think it doesn't really matter. See, in the South especially, when it comes to talking about the Lord or our relationship or leading people to Jesus, we think people's already heard it, they already know it, they've already done it. But, but everybody is learning something new every day. You ever heard, you ever say, all those old, I like these memes that says, I was today years old when I learned. Has anybody seen those? Some of you haven't, but I want to share a few of them with you. I've got one uh, that I just was able, I saw this week, and I was able to teach it to my son, a juice box. Have have y'all got that? Uh, I was today years old when I learned that the tab on the side of the juice box is actually a handle. Boom. Mind blown. These people in these factories have been spending all this time making these, and we don't even appreciate what they've done for us. I told my six-year-old this week, because I saw that. said, hey, boy, you want me to teach you something? I said, watch this. He said, for real, dad? I said, just hang with me, son. I'll tell you. We've been sipping out of these our whole lives, and we're today years old, just learning this. Check this out. I was a little disappointed by this one. Did you guys know that those big lighters ain't nothing but a little lighter inside of a big piece of plastic? I feel so gypped and so rooked. Here we were thinking we were really buying something extra. They said, hey, watch this. Just stick it in there and put a long stick on the end. They'll buy anything. Y'all didn't know? If you knew, don't even tell me, because I'm just blown away. What about this? This, is, this shows God's got a sense of humor. I was today years old when I learned an owl had a set of legs. Look at them legs. You know if that owl could, it'd be like, No idea. I, I think God made that owl said, cover it up. <laughs> Make it fluffy again. I mean, I didn't know. Some of you knew. I didn't know. Uh, I was today years old when I learned this. You ever heard that a, a brand new TV show, the first episode's called The Pilot? I knew that. But I didn't know it was because it's the first time it's on air. Y'all get it? Some of you don't because you stream stuff, but back in the day, it shot across the airwaves antenna to antenna. I thought that was pretty neat. Now, this was going to blow your mind. Just buckle up, all right? I was today years old when I learned that my whole childhood has been a lie. Did y'all know this? The Chippendale Rescue Rangers (laughs) is basically Magnum P.I. and Indiana Jones. (laughs) I was today years old when I learned this. We just took a left turn, so we go, were you in church? were we just talking about the Bible or something? Here's my point. We can have things so familiar to our lives and still not even know. As a matter of fact, you may show up tomorrow into your circle of friends, and they may be today years old when they hear you talk about the goodness of Jesus and what he's done and what he can do. As a matter of fact, this is not even optional for us. We think as believers, this is, well, I'm just not that kind of person. What if I mess it up? What if they ask me a question? Look, let me just go ahead and lighten the load. They do not want a Bible story. They don't want to hear you quote scripture. All they want is the reason for the hope that you have. And the Bible instructs us, look at Romans 10 on your outline. This is what we love to celebrate. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we all believe it. We celebrate it. We say, yes, I hope everybody knows about Jesus. But, and then you go, oh, okay, there's more. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Today, we're all being sent. That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Amen. How are they going to know? How is your office going to know? You know, sometimes it's going to be a, a controversial statement here, but sometimes I think we just pray too much. We're praying for somebody else to go tell them. We're praying for God to send them a sign. We're praying for God to change their heart, change their attitude. And God's going, I've sent you to them every single day. You were the answer to the prayer that you're praying. But what is it that they're hearing from our lives? What do they hear about you? What do they hear come out of your mouth? It matters. They heard about what happened with Lazarus. It was everywhere. It was being told and talked about. So therefore, number two, ask you this question. What do people see? What do they hear about our life and what do they see? about our lives. Notice this. It says, they flocked to see him. Who's that? Jesus. And they flocked to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. See, not only did they go to see Jesus, but they came to see the man who had been healed. Sometimes people are going to see you before they ever see Jesus. Jesus. People are going to see me before they ever see Jesus. And if they see the negative me, the bad me, the complaining me, the grumbling me, the sinful me, then they're not going to want any of the Jesus that I say I'm bringing with me. But when I've been dead in the grave, dead in my sins, when I've been at the end of it all, and Jesus steps in, and they see somebody who's been changed, and they hear the goodness of God, and then they begin to see it, they see Jesus through me. The question is this, do people see the proof and power of his presence in you? Do they see the proof of the power of Jesus' presence in you? They couldn't deny it in Lazarus because he was dead. You know what dead means? Dead. <laughs> Some people think, well, maybe they just mean he was in a deep sleep. No, he was dead. That's why they said he stinketh. There's no confusion about it. The man was dead, but Jesus. So well, how do you explain it? Jesus. I don't need to know anything else. I just need to know Jesus. Ask me a bunch of questions. I don't know. You probably need a smarter pastor. I don't know. I just know Jesus. All through the Bible. People say, I don't know. I just know I was blind. But Jesus showed up. Now I can see. It's just Jesus. But what do people see in our lives? Put something on your outline there. And there's no feeling for that. This, this blank that's there. Because I want you to fill this out this week. Prayer time, quiet time. I, I want you to do this for your own life. I was blank. But because of Jesus, I am blank. I was an addict But because of Jesus, I'm sober. I was angry. But because of Jesus, I'm free. I was a slave to my sin. But because of Jesus, I'm free. I was lonely. But because of Jesus, I have relations. You name it. And when you identify it, that little sentence is all you need to be showing people. It's that simple. Because here's the reality. When they saw Jesus, what is it they saw? They saw grace. They saw mercy. They saw patience. They saw compassion. They saw truth. They saw justice. They saw righteousness. They saw faithfulness. They saw Jesus get up early in the morning and get away from all the crazy people to prepare and pray for the crazy people they were going to encounter the rest of the day. They saw it. He modeled it. He just simply lived it. Part of going into the flames, everybody, and letting people know that God can do it for them the same he's done it for us is just going into the flames and letting people hear it from our mouths, see it in the lives that we live. That's what makes the difference. All these people flocked to see Jesus and to see Lazarus. What if people flocked to see you because they knew where you had been And they knew what you once were. But because of this man named Jesus, they had to get a front row seat and see it for themselves. That's the gospel. That's what God's called us to do. Which brings me to number three. Third question as we take inventory of our lives. What do people do? What's their response? Well, Jesus, Lazarus, they're at lunch. Miracles took taking place. They heard Jesus was in town. So they all flocked to see him. So what did they do? Well, the Bible says... For it was because of him, who is this him right here? Who's the subject? Is it Lazarus or Jesus? For it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. So it was because of Lazarus that many people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. Notice how powerful that is. Because of Lazarus, people believed in Jesus. The context where it says it deserted them. You know who they deserted? All these people that now believe in Jesus. All these people that had left all the religion, all the rituals, and they traded it all for relationship. See, these people, all these people that had come to see, they had been following a form and a ritual. They had been following regulations. They had been doing all of the things that they had thought were important. But all of that changed When they saw what happened to Lazarus and they met Jesus. And they traded every bit of it for relationship. So here's the question. What is people's response by the lives that we lived? Are they going, you know what? I would have never dreamed. Never would have dreamed there'd been hope for you. So there's hope for me. How do I get to this Jesus? What do people do? I want people to respond. I want people to say about my life one day. That because of Brandon, I met Jesus. That because of what God's done for you, God has also done that for me. He says to rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Our lives are to go into the flames. And church, I really do want to encourage us as we lead up to Easter. I want to encourage us it is the greatest opportunity that we have to begin praying and inviting now. Listen to me. Sometimes we think in churches that this is like a like a like a church shakedown, like we just want to pack the church on Easter or whatever. Let me just tell you this. That's true. <laughs> but let me tell you why. Because every person's a soul, is a son or daughter that Jesus loves. And so here's what I know. That This is the safest place for somebody to hear about Jesus and to be encouraged to know that what God has done for us, he can do for them. Now, let me tell you, I hope they find a home here at Cultivate Church and this is everything they've been looking for. Praise God. But I pray that what God does here, if this is not their home, that God sends them to any great Bible-teaching, Jesus-loving church and they fall in love with God and they serve and live and grow wherever they are. It's not just about this house. It's about his house. It's not about a kingdom here. It's about a kingdom there. But listen, everybody. We don't have the option to just sit aside and go, well, we'll wait on somebody else to do it. One day, someday. When I stand before God by myself, here's what he's going to say. He said, Brennan, you knew what the word said. You knew why you were on the planet. So why didn't you tell everybody else? I'm going to be responsible for what I say to us. And I'm also going to be responsible for what I say to every individual he puts in my path Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, just like you are. And I want to be found in heaven smelling a little funky, like the smell of smoke on my clothes, because I got so close to where people are that anything short of sin, that's what we're going to do. What do you think, everybody? Can we do it? Be who God's called us to be. Come on. Let's pray for it. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Hey, if you're our guest today, nothing weird or funny is going to happen. Our team's going to come back, play softly. I just want to pray for us. And so nobody's going to ask you to move or do anything funny or weird right there online. I just encourage you, just don't let a distraction come your way. This is a moment for us to respond. This moment right here is what sets the tone for what God does in us. Because I know that in a moment like this, Not only in this room, in our Columbiana campus, and for everybody watching online. I know that there's somebody that goes, hey, you've talked a lot about people who follow Jesus. And maybe you've just felt a little secluded today because you know you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, the good news is that every one of us in this room who have that relationship with Jesus have sat just like you. And we've sat in front of a decision to either say, I'm going to live life my own way under my own terms. Or we've said, I realize that I've tried that, and it didn't work, and I've messed it up, and I need Jesus. And so quite possibly, you may be in this room or watching online, and you'd say today, I need a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, I want to pray for you that you can make the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. And that's to give your heart and your life to the Lord. And then I want to pray for those of us who are Christians, which simply means Christ followers, disciples of Christ, people who are discipled in the ways of Jesus. My prayer for us today is that we would take this and pray for desire. God, give us this desire. Let me see the hurts of other people. Let me realize that my needs, what I feel like has died in my life, is really a resurrection moment for a miracle not just for me but for others to see the work that Jesus has done so it's my prayer for all of us today that we would take ownership and responsibility of what Jude has been teaching us to rescue others the smell of smoke let it be our passion our heart and our desire so God today I pray for all of us in this room and online if there's Maybe even one of us today that does not have a personal relationship with you. God, I just pray that today would be the day to say yes. The greatest decision we could ever make in our life that changes everything. Jesus, you change everything. So we just ask you to forgive us of our sin. We confess we've done it our own way. We've gotten it wrong. And Jesus, today we need you. So we submit our life to you. We choose to put you first and make you number one. Thank you for forgiveness today. Thank you for relationship. I'm going to leave this place differently than I came. And God, I pray for all of us who are Christians, followers of Christ. I pray that today we wouldn't forget that our sole responsibility on this planet is to go and to tell and to share so that others will know the same you've done for us, you will do for them. So give us the courage. Give us the conviction. God, I pray that you give us the motivation to do what you've called us to do. May we pray for opportunity every day. We wake up in the morning and say, God, direct my communication. Direct the actions of my life. May people hear it from me, see it from me, so that their actions would be to move closer to you. Jesus, thank you for what you've done in our lives, in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, like we believe it. Can we honor the Lord together? Come on, he's good.